You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. To, to those outside of evangelicalism, it, it's, it's so puzzling how those who claim to follow Jesus can be so loyal to such an unchristlike ideology. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 506. Our title this week is Conduits of Healing and Liberation, and our lectionary reading this weekend is from the Gospel of Mark. It's Mark 1. 29 through 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went in to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, And they found him. When they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So there's a lot of subtle truths that are being communicated in this week's reading as we transition from last week where we talked about Jesus' inaugural acts and, and his ongoing mission. Immediately after Jesus and his inaugural exorcism, we encounter this first story of healing. Now, historical Jesus scholars most all agree that Jesus was characterized as a healer. And last week we saw that Jesus was associated to not just with healing, but with exorcism, and specifically from the demons of Roman occupation, Roman possession, and and oppression. And similarly, Jesus' healing, I think, too, in our interpretation, is to be associated with both liberating the oppressed from Roman possession and the work of healing the vulnerable masses from the harm that was being done to them through Roman occupation. This is the context of these stories. When we read these stories from our own vantage point today, I think it's easy to read these stories as just individual occurrences of, as my friend Todd Leonard refers to them as, just magic Jesus. But the stories in Mark, they were originally intended to be read politically, socially, and economically. They were signs of the arrival of God's just world, which is referred to as the kingdom. And, and liberation from Roman oppression and the, and the harm that was being done to Jesus' community, that was in preparation 
for the arrival of God's just world. Mark's Jesus is casting out the demons of Roman oppression and healing the people of of, of the maladies that that oppression caused. There's also a subtle tension that's building between Jesus' exorcisms in the Roman co-opted synagogues or sacred space and Jesus' acts of healing and the restoration of the original intention of the Sabbath, and that's sacred time. In this week's story, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law on the Sabbath. And the people won't come for healing until after sunset. As soon as the Sabbath hours are over, though, it says the rest of the town shows up at the door. In this story, the Sabbath is not a conduit of healing and restoration, but a barrier that people have to wait wait till it's over so they can come and be healed. And this sets up that tension of healing on the Sabbath and the authority of the local local power brokers there, that's going to come into even greater focus later in Mark as we continue. And we'll, we'll get to that, I promise, in upcoming weeks. But for now, we see the Sabbath. It also, like the synagogue institutions and establishment, the, the Sabbath has also been co-opted. Healing was completely detached from it. If you were to be healed, it had to be outside of the Sabbath, after the Sabbath had passed. The Sabbath, which was originally a time of healing and restoration, had now become a day where healing was forbidden. So restoring the Sabbath's liberation value, it's also a subtle part of this story. Walter Brueggemann makes a a, a modern application for the value of the Sabbath as we, too, find ourselves in uh, contemporary systems of economic extraction, much like Rome's. This is from his book, Sabbath as Resistance, on page 11. Uh, Brueggemann writes, The way of mammon, which is capital or wealth, is the way of commodity. That is the way of endless desire, endless productivity, and endless restlessness without any Sabbath. In the preface of the same book, he writes, In our contemporary context of the rat race of anxiety, the celebration of Sabbath is an act of both resistance and alternative. It is resistance because it is a viable insistence that our lives are not defined by the production and consumption of commodity goods. Such an act of resistance requires enormous intentionality and communal reinforcement amid the barrage of seductive pressures from the insatiable insistences of the market, with its intrusion into every part of our life, from the family to the national budget. But Sabbath is not only resistance, it is alternative. So in future weeks, we're going to be discussing more this tension between Jesus' healings and, and, and the Sabbath as it continues to build in, in Mark's Jesus stories. But in the final part of our reading this week, Jesus withdraws from the crowds for some self-care. It's an example of the balance that is so vital to the sustainability of any justice work. And Jesus shares his own understanding of his mission in this version of the Jesus story here too. Jesus says, let us go elsewhere to the nearby villages so that I can preach. Remember, that was the gospel of the kingdom there also. 
for that is why I have come. And we see in the story that next Jesus embarks on an itinerant circuit throughout Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom or the good news of the arrival of God's just world within the synagogues throughout Galilee. And this story makes a point to specifically name that the gospel's work includes driving out demons. And again, we've talked about this at length next or last week. Uh, preaching the arrival of God's just world in the synagogues, it included the, the exorcisms that were performed in the synagogues. And these exorcisms, they weren't anti-synagogue or anti-Jewish or anti-Sabbath. Instead, they're opposing the Roman Empire's co-opting the synagogue and the Sabbath. And I know it's hard for us to get our, our scientific worldview around this, but in that culture, Exorcisms were commonly thought to be practiced. And what the gospel authors are doing, what the, the author of Mark is doing here, is without, and doing it in such a way that he doesn't provoke the ire of the empire, he's using the Roman occupation of Judea. Uh, to, to, he's using exorcism to talk about uh, that occupation. And, and the removal, the liberation from that occupation. They're, they're opposing, Jesus' exorcisms are opposing the complicity of those in power with the Roman Empire. They're opposing the empire's possession of sacred places in both space and time, synagogue and Sabbath. And uh, if this is a new thought for you, I want to encourage you to go back to last week's um, uh, 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 podcast. But as I shared last week, whatever we make of exorcisms through our scientific lenses today, exorcism, again, was a common practice in Jesus' world. And that practice, typically, it, it gathered zero pushback from the establishment. But Jesus' exorcisms in Mark, they are very different. Those in power push back against Jesus' exorcisms almost immediately. They're threatened by them. And this is because, once again, exorcism in Mark's gospel is a metaphor for exorcising Rome. In Mark 3, 6, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. This was in response to his exorcisms. In Mark 3.22, the teachers of the law came down from Jerusalem and said, He is possessed by Beelzebul. By the prince of demons, he's casting out demons. Those in positions of power and privilege as for being conduits of Roman uh, presence and Roman uh, uh, co-option, they were the ones to be threatened the most. So, so what are we to make of Mark's stories of exorcisms and healings in our post-Enlightenment world today, well, through rising Christian nationalism, today a political party has co-opted evangelical Christianity. Misinformation, it takes advantage of, of vulnerable white Christians through their, their own personal biases and bigotries. Partisan fidelity, it, that has possessed evangelical Christianity to the point that like those in the exorcism stories in Mark, they just simply cannot free themselves. And to, and to those outside of evangelicalism, it, it's, it's so puzzling how those who claim to follow Jesus can be so loyal 
to such an unchristlike ideology. And evangelical Christianity, today it needs an exorcism from the demons of, of white supremacy and Christian nationalism, heteropatriarchy, and authoritarian totalitarianism. Just as the injustices of, of the Roman Empire had co-opted the temple state in Jesus' community, our societal demons today have possessed large sectors of Christianity in our culture. The good news in the Jesus story, that we see the Jesus movement beginning and growing from the margins of Galilee throughout those nearby villages all the way to the heart of their society of Jerusalem and then into all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, it says in Acts 1.8. So today, whether we use Christian language to describe it as the kingdom or whether we call it God's just world or the reign of God, or we use more accessible language about the way of distributive justice or the way of love or the way of compassion and caring, our justice work, it too continu continued to grow no matter how small its beginnings. And we may feel like our justice work is small, and it may be beset by contemporary obstacles, but we should never underestimate the power of local efforts toward making our communities a safer, more just place for everyone. We may feel like we're the only ones working, or that we're only working in a nearby village, but every act, big or small, has a ripple effect, and we never know just how far those justice ripples will travel. So today, as Jesus followers, we too can cast out the demons of injustice and be conduits of healing to those that injustice has harmed. Heart group application number one. Share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, where do we need systemic healing and liberation today? Share and discuss that with your group. And number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you once again to all of our supporters out there. If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries' work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. And again, I have some exciting news. I just signed an agreement with a new book publisher, Choir, and we are putting together a launch team for the second edition of Finding Jesus that's coming out next week. I think the, the launch date is February 6th. So this second edition, it'll be available in paperback and Kindle. There's an audiobook version that's going to be available on Audible. And the great news for those who have already have a copy of the first edition the first 25 people to sign up to be part of the launch team this month will also receive a free Audible copy of the audiobook for Finding Jesus. So if you'd like to join our launch team, just email me at info at renewedheartministries.com and put in the subject of your email, launch team. And I want to thank you in advance for, for being part of this second edition launch 
and ensuring that this edition is is a su- success too. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on X or formerly known as Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta's New Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever platform you're listening to it on and consider some time, if this is a possibility there, to leave us a positive review. This helps others find our podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking each week, where Todd Leonard and I take a moment to talk about the upcoming gospel lectionary reading for the the coming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice, and our hope is that our talking will be just as injustice, but that during our brief conversation each week, you'll be inspired alongside with us to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Once you're there, hit like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment, uh, let us know you were there. And if you'd like to reach us again here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, Keep choosing compassion, keep taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.